Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. And I thought I'd do something a little different this week. Well, for the next three weeks, really. I'm going to make this a three-part series. I've never done this before, but I thought it might be helpful so we don't drag on for 16 hours of podcast. <laughs> but in today's podcast, I'm going to introduce you to a popular Native American tale of two wolves. One of them is a bad wolf, and the other is the good wolf. So our focus in today's podcast will be on the bad wolf. And the bad wolf represents, obviously, not good stuff. It's what C.G. Jung, the famous Swiss psychiatrist, might have called the shadow part of your personality. That's what in you could be harmful. Now, that in you which can be harmful is not always conscious, and that's why it can become a very, I, I guess, disruptive force in your life. The more you are unconscious of the shadow elements of your life, the more likely it is that these elements can disrupt. And we're calling these elements, for simplicity's sake, the bad wolf. And if the bad wolf is left to just roam about in your unconscious, then, well, that can cause your life to be compromised. And next week, I will talk about the good wolf. And I'm sure you can't wait. Who wants to hear about the bad wolf? We want to hear about the good wolf. Well, next week. And in the third installment, or three weeks from today, God willing, I shall discuss how you can make the good wolf win the battle. What battle, you're asking? Well, let me tell you the tale first. And it begins with this story. This is a story told by an old Native American Indian to his grandson. And he's trying to teach the grandson a lesson, a lesson about life. So he begins, a fight is going on inside me, he said to the boy. It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One is bad. He is anger, envy, regret, self-pity, guilt, inferiority, superiority, false pride, ego, he continued. And the other is good. He is joy, peace, love, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, and truth. The same fight is going on inside you and inside every other person, too. The grandson thought about it for a minute, and then he asked his grandfather, which wolf will win, grandfather? The old man simply replied, the one you feed. So let's take a look at the bad wolf qualities, which may reside in your shadow elements of your personality. Maybe so, maybe not. You might be quite aware of these things. But let's talk about the nefarious effect they may have on your life and your struggle toward becoming a whole person and a happier person. The first that was mentioned was anger. What's anger? 
Well, typically it's an emotion characterized by antagonism, you know, kind of resentment towards someone or something, especially someone that you feel has deliberately done you wrong. Now, obviously you've experienced this in the past. Someone tells you a lie. Someone gossips about you. We get angry. We seethe. Now, although anger can be a good thing, you know, allowing you to express negative feelings. I mean, someone cuts in front of you in a line and you say, hey, wait a second there, buddy. Anger can also motivate you to find solutions to problems. Take that 13-year-old boy who's 100 pounds and being picked on in school. He starts to get angry and he goes home and he starts taking, I don't know what those protein bars and shakes are, and starts lifting weights. And that anger just helps him persevere. So anger can be a good thing. But today, since we're talking about the bad wolf, we're talking about bad anger, the excessive anger. That's what can cause problems. You know, when we have anger seething in us, you know, we're, we're changing our chemistry. Our blood pressure goes up and other physical changes associated with anger make it difficult to think straight. We get into that fight flight stuff, cortisol running through adrenaline, running through our body. And this can be dangerous. We can be hyper-reactive. We can act out, especially if we're on the defense. You know, we are survival machines, and we do what we have to do when we feel threatened. Unfortunately, a lot of times the threat isn't real or concocted by our own defensiveness when we perceive our ego to be in danger, a threat. We must stand up for ourselves and not let such and such happen. So the bad wolf is anger. The bad wolf is also envy. So what's envy? Well, it's that painful feeling of awareness that someone has an advantage or possession that they enjoy and we aren't. It's a desire to possess that same thing that someone else has over us. I remember when I was a kid, I was probably about eight years old because I had a bicycle and I I judged the, I judged the, uh, the chronology of my life by whether I was on a tricycle or a bicycle. So I was about eight years old on my bicycle, and I was pedaling up to, there was a, a store on the corner of our street, which sold model, uh, plastic model kits that you could build, glued together. He, one day, the owner decided to have a contest, and whoever produced the best model would win this gigantic trophy i decided that i was going to make the most perfect best model airplane ever put together by a human being especially an eight-year-old human being so i purchased the model airplane after shoveling a lot of snow at 25 cents a driveway and i went home and i started in earnest to put this model airplane together and I have to say, to me, it was perfect. Now, what, how I judged perfection was that, well, the parts were already, you put them together, they were snapped together, and they were made to go together. But my criteria was absolutely no glue spill. I mean, this was a perfect model. So I entered it in the uh, contest. And in the front window of the store, all the different models that children were submitting were, were presented and shown. 
And there was one model that was of an army truck or tank, I can't remember. And it had spray camouflage on it, you know, the different kind of colors of brown and greens. These were airbrushed on, and it was beautiful. I mean, it looked like, you know, something out of a store. But I would drive up to that window every day just to see if, if maybe the guy would realize how much I wanted to win that contest. He'd see me sitting outside on my bicycle, just staring in at the, at the window. Uh, and I, I thought maybe I had a chance because I had made the perfect model. But the airbrushed model won the prize. And I got to tell you, I was envious. I was envious that this I don't even want to say it, but this guy had an airbrush. He was one of those rich kids that I knew of down the block. And he had a, an airbrush. And an airbrush is something that sprays the tester's paint, I guess it was called this enamel paint. And it sprays it on just, just like you would at a factory. And he had the advantage of an airbrush. He had the financial advantage of being able to produce something that my perfectly glued model could not ever possess. And I was envious, which isn't a good thing, but I was. So that's envy. But you know what? We don't want to confuse envy with jealousy. You see, jealousy is a feeling tied to fear of losing something that you have. So with, with envy, it's, you know, you desire the thing that someone else has. But, but when it comes to uh, jealousy, it's that fear that we're going to lose something that we have. Take, for example, a jealous husband. And every time he sees his wife talking to another man, he goes, bats. <laughs> he goes, batty. <laughs> he gets mad. He gets jealous. According to him, of course, he's just trying to protect his wife from naively being swept away by someone else. And at the bottom of jealousy, in my estimation, it's the inability to believe that we're good enough. Unconsciously, sometimes it's conscious, but unconsciously we expect to be rejected. So therefore, we've got to be vigilant and jealous because unless we protect ourselves from the inevitable, unless we try to minimize or mitigate the chances that that wife will stray, we get jealous. We pull her away from that conversation because basically jealousy is trying to protect ourselves from our own fear. So let's move on. That's envy. And the bad wolf also represents regret. Now there's two types of regrets. There's regrets of action and regrets of inaction. What do you think are more common? Do you think we regret actions that we've taken? Or do we regret the inactions, the actions that we didn't take more in life? But if you said inactions are more prevalent two to one, you'd be absolutely correct. And this goes up as we age. We might call these the if-only regrets. The inaction regrets are the if-only regrets. If only I had listened to my mother and not married that rotten husband of mine. If only I had taken that chance when I had the opportunity. Oh, my gosh. If, if, if only I'd asked out that person on a date, everything would be so different in my life. So we regret not taking actions. So why do we seem to let regrets of inaction bother us more than regrets of action? Well, for one reason is because action regrets can be undone. I mean, you can divorce that rotten husband, right? 
could find another job, or you can reverse obesity. So regrets of action can be undone, unless, of course, you are a victim and you feel powerless. So victims have a hard time because whether it's inaction or action, they still feel without power. But if you if you regret an action that you took, you typically could find a way to undo it. There's always a way. It's always a way. I always keep using the image. If you can't get in the front door, there's a side door, a back door, a window. There's always a way. So that's why regretting inaction is something we can't reverse. You can't go back to that, that date you never asked out. He or she is long gone. So anyway, let us move on. Uh, number four of bad wolf qualities, self-pity. Oh, why does everything always happen to me? Oh, man, that's the woe is me, right? And we all maybe have all felt this from time to time, or you know somebody that is a woe is me person. Oh, woe is me. Now, granted, sometimes there's a confluence of bad things happening to us. We don't have money for the mortgage. We just came down with COVID. The neighbor next door is just screaming at you because your grass is too high. Your partner is mad at you because you didn't bring home the bacon. Whatever it might be. But sometimes there's just a whole lot of things pressing on you. And you go on and you say, why does this happen to me? This is horrible. No one else is going through this. It's just one thing after another, and it's unrelenting, and now I have a toothache, and, and it goes on and on and on. So we we fall into self-pity, but you know what? It's, it is, I, I, just to digress a second, it is uncanny, and I admit it just seems to defy logic, at least statistical logic, that sometimes Bad things don't just come in waves. They come in one tsunami, one after the other, after the other, after the other. How does that happen? It's just not possible. Is it possible that some people are fated to just be the woe is me person and always have this dark cloud over them? Is life like that? Is life selective that some people get more problems? Well, I guess it's true, but... I should say true. <laughs> but anyway, I guess it's true. But think of it this way. I remember from my statistics class, if you take a coin and you flip it, and it comes up heads, and you flip it again, and heads, heads, let's say 10 times in a row, it comes up heads. Let's say 20 times in a row, it comes up head. Well, you might say, I've got to start tripling my bet here, because now I'm due. I'm due for this to come up tails. Because after 20 times, it's got to happen, and it's going to happen soon, because how can this go on forever? Well, the, statistically speaking, you have just as much chance at the first flip or the 20th flip. It's always a 50-50 chance. So life is like that. Sometimes we just get one bad thing, one bad thing, one, and they just keep going and going and going. It's, it's just not because it is statistically improbable. It's just that sometimes life happens, and sometimes it stacks up around us. When life stacks up around us like this, well, that's the time to buckle down and grit your teeth and get to the other side. Eventually, eventually the tails come up and you're released of the intense anguish 
of being pummeled. Let us move on to guilt, another bad wolf quality. What is guilt? Well, guilt is you the feeling that you've done something wrong. And this is an important concept for me because oftentimes people feel they've done something wrong when they haven't. I feel so guilty. I was so busy I didn't return that call. Well, did you do something wrong? You see, the thing is that doing something wrong willfully, if you step on someone's toe, obviously you've done something wrong. You inflicted pain on that person. But if you forgot to make that phone call, did you do something wrong? Well, it was a bit remiss, but you didn't do anything wrong. So you have no right feeling guilty. One of my favorite books way back in the 70s was When I Say No, I Feel Guilty by a person named Smith, I believe. So sometimes if you try to assert yourself, you do feel guilty because it's not okay for you to stand up for yourself. You, you should never put yourself in front of others. So we have to really evaluate the relativity of feeling guilty. But sometimes guilt, when deserved, can be a good thing. Because if we do something egregious, if we do something terrible, we should feel guilty because we're straying and drifting from our moral compass. You know, within us, last week, I think I talked about the true self. We have a sense of our morality. And when we tend to drift away from that, we do something shabby, like we take something that belongs to someone else, but we try to hide that fact. Or you gossip about somebody, or you do something that you know is against, I call it your moral compass. You should be pointing yourself toward what is significant and wholesome for you. And when you start to stray from that center, well, then that guilt can be instructive. It can cause pangs of guilt. Guilt is not a, an innocuous feeling. We, we don't feel good when we feel guilty. It's a stressful feeling. So feeling, let's call it righteous guilt, isn't such a bad thing because it tends to reorient ourselves according to our own compass. What about bad wolf quality number five? Let's call it 5A and B. Inferiority and superiority. Well, inferiority can come from many developmental sources, being teased at school, being overweight, having parents that were overly restrictive or certainly unloving. So, you know, we can develop insecurity slash low self-esteem, and it can be a habit that stays with us later in life and displayed as inferiority. You've probably heard of inferiority complex, whereas someone with a superiority complex, well, they feel better than everyone. So they don't have low self-esteem. They have high self-esteem. They, they just are kind of the, the narcissists of the world. Then there's the inferior person who tends to overanalyze compliments. Why did she say that? She's probably not telling the truth. Or they tend to uh, overanalyze criticisms. Can't believe she didn't like what I said. Oh my goodness, I was trying to be nice. Whereas the superiority person, they expect compliments <laughs> and they dismiss criticisms. The 
inferiority person is uh, looking for validation and praise. They need to be bolstered up. They just work very hard to be like, these are the yes people of the world. Please like me. I'll do anything else. I'll, I'll say whatever you want me to say. Just like me. Just praise me. Whereas the superiority person, well, they're self-validated. They expect the praise from others. And if they don't get it, then there's something wrong with that person. I used to work construction. And Sam was a superiority, complected, know-it-all person. And no matter what you told him, he knew it. Just knew it. Hey, Sam, your truck's leaking oil. I know it. He just knew everything. And he was God's gift. He would tell you all the time. So one day, Sam was riding home from work, and he had been drinking. He had his six-pack right there on the bench seat next to him. A lot of people don't know what bench seats are, but it's, it's, it's one thing not that important. But it's not bucket seats, let's put it that way. So he had his six-pack sitting there on the bench seat, and two of the beers were out. And uh, he got pulled over by a state trooper. And the state trooper seeing the beer cans and so sam said well why'd you pull me over and the state trooper said well first of all your headlights are out so with sam's response now you might already guess sam's response is well, i know it i see better when i'm out <laughs> so so a superiority complex can be manifested in many ways but it's having an overinflated sense of self. Now, one could very rightly argue that the superiority complex is based on insecurity or inferiority, and that's more of an overcompensation, and that deep down there is this inferiority. So inferiority and superiority, well, they're joined at the hip. It's hard to believe that, but the inferiority person is aligned with their low self-esteem, whereas the superiority-complected person is a person who is unconscious and has overcompensated to the point of, you might call it denial. They believe they are better human beings than you and I. The sixth and final bad wolf quality, false pride, and let's lump ego in with that. These are people that are prone to bragging and boasting. That's my Bentley. Just paid $200,000 for that. It's called self-aggrandizement, or better, grandiosity. There's a, one of my favorite characters. Uh, it was from the play, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Milus Gloriosus was the, the, the leader, the commander of the Roman forces that are coming into this town. And uh, he has his men uh, blow the horns before he comes in. He, and he goes, there, there's, I can't remember all the lines, but one of them was, I am a parade. Step aside, I take big steps. So if you're a Milus Gloriosus, you'll find that at the core of your personality is a kind of primal narcissism. You see, one of the things about a narcissistic personality is that you do feel that you are more important, better than anyone else. You elevate yourself, which is, you know, very much 
similar to what I was describing as the superiority complected person. But with narcissism, you're really in love with yourself. You know, Narcissus was the the boy who looked into the the pool of water and saw his face and fell in love with it, fell in love with himself. And if you are in love with yourself, then you are excluding others in that equation. You therefore you 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 have <laughs> you have a love affair with yourself. Who needs anyone else? And uh, you expect that others will realize and relish in your grandeur. And uh, and you go on through life with your head held high and deluding yourself and uh, kind of winding up in kind of a a bad wolf bubble, where within that bubble, only you can see just how magnificent you are. Stand aside. I take large steps. It's what we commonly call too much ego. You know, it's when you are the heliocentric center of everyone's universe, when you are the sun, the center of your solar system, and everyone gravitates around you, you are the sunshine, you are the sun, you are the center. So when you have a heliocentric feeling about yourself, well, then the whole world revolves around you. You are spoiled. And for most people, this is not a good look. For many, it is despicable, but you don't see it because you're the heliocentric center of your universe, very closely aligned with the narcissistic. And this is, you know, this false pride. So if you are Milius Gloriosus, if you have a superiority complex, or if you're like my friend Sam, I know it, just realize that these are all bad wolf qualities. And they are, by definition, the word hubris. Okay, so that, that concludes my discussion today on bad wolf qualities, which you may or may not relate to, to some extent or a little extent. Remember, I see everything on a continuum. So don't, you know, don't dismiss the fact and, and walk away saying, I have no bad wolf in me. Well, everything's on a continuum, and there may be some tendency toward. Uh, so, you know, be realistic with yourself. And the more you understand the shadow elements that may be in your personality, the more likely it is that the integration into a more complete, holistic self becomes likely. The more you understand how that bad wolf can disrupt and confuse and contaminate, the more likely it is that you're going to be able to apply that to the self-coaching technique of breaking habits and replacing them, replacing them with the good wolf qualities. So next week, let's talk about the good wolf qualities. And then if I can't wrap it up by next week, then it'll be the third week when we talk about how you can take your good wolf, bad wolf qualities, throw them all in the pot and come out of it with a better self. So until next week, I want you to visit my website, selfcoaching.net. And please take a look at my latest book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression, the four-step self-coaching program to reclaim your life. Take a look at my other books and some of the other stuff on that website. I'm, I'm starting to get more active. I know with the blogging and everything else, I am moving in that direction. Be patient with me. I need to become more disciplined, and I shall. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, well, it's not an option. By definition, victims are powerless and you're not powerless. So remember, everything's hard 
until you make it simple. So how about you join me every week and let's make it simple together. Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your 